It's all cold down along the beach. And the wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> hey, man! Practicing real hard, yeah. Clients, you've been you've been rehearsing real hard now. So Santa, bring your new saxophone, right? Everybody out there been good or what? From born in the USA to <laughs> death to my hometown. This is you, Spring and Springsteen on my bean. The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things Bruce. This is good rock and roll. Music. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Hey, welcome to the show. You like our new theme song? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you know, should he have uh, written something down to say rather, it rather sounds, than riffing? It so sounds like he's. He's was like, oh shit, I didn't know what. And so he's like, have you guys been rehearsing real hard? <laughs> Which, by the way, I think he equivocates himself to Santa Claus because, like, Santa Claus doesn't care if you've been rehearsing or not. Right. Bruce Springsteen does. Right. <laughs> so it's like. And he, he says it's Santa Claus who's going to bring Clarence Clemens a new saxophone. <laughs> yeah. It isn't as band leader, doesn't he Did, need to provide stuff like that? That is a good question. I wonder if Bruce is, like, paying for the gear. That's my question, too. And this is. And, and <laughs> because of this, it's cluing me in that perhaps all the musicians had to purchase their own gear or wait for Santa Claus to bring them gear. <laughs> if, if I were a musician, I would wait for Santa Claus because Same. it could be a hefty bill. Oh, yeah. Going guitar down to Guitar Center? alone. Oh, my God, the picks alone. Like, sometimes you can you can fashion your own. Is this an episode of The Picks Alone? <laughs> yep. Hey everyone, welcome to the Picks Alone. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about... Look, there's a lot of subjects we'd like to talk about. Sure. Art, culture, oh, politics. Don't get me started about art and culture. Uh, okay. Well, you, I, I can't get you started about it because, unfortunately, mm-hmm. this show is about the Picks Alone. Yeah, uh, uh, nothing else. The Picks Alone. The Picks and Alone. We're, we're talking about... Picks like people who make picks on uh, uh, on the uh, weekend sports picks. for sports. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, what are your sports picks for this weekend? Uh, we, uh, we've been getting a lot of requests to hear your picks because, sure. of course, well, it's a thing. I hold it till Saturday and then mm-hmm. I let everyone know. Oh, okay. So on my a, uh, other podcast, because oh wait, you have another podcast? Yeah, it's called The Picks Alone. And, oh wait a second, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh shit! <laughs> no, we're not in the you spring and spring scene on my bean right. right. We're in the picks alone, so we need to know your picks. Okay. Uh, you know what? On Saturday we'll record that episode. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, this is, this this is, is Tuesday. This is the Tuesday right. after Christmas. That's right. Okay. Well, I really want to know those picks. Though. I know. God. You you never know what to lay your money down on Without until your I picks. make those picks. I know, but on this particular episode, we're talking about guitar picks. Yeah, uh, you know the little plastic things that you hold in your hand when you're playing guitar. Oh yeah, for shredding, you can't get any better than a good old pick. Can't beat it. It's like a broken drum. Scott, what's your favorite kind of guitar pick? 
Like brand and model number. Mm, I like probably the Mitsubishi white. Oh, shit. Me too. Really? Oh, fuck. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Well, see, the guy seemed very evasive about his picks. Yeah, his sports picks, he was... Yeah. It almost sounded like he didn't have any and didn't know what it was. It exactly. almost, yeah, I, I would be curious to hear another episode to see if he ever even acknowledges that he doesn't know anything about sports at all. Right. Or, yeah. But maybe he does. Maybe he does. I'll maybe check does. back on Saturday. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, Bruce, uh, you know, do another draft of your Christmas song where you're sitting around going like, hey, band, what do you want for Christmas? Yeah. Do you want, and by the way, they're not just their instruments. They have lives. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you need to go in the intro of the song, you need to go into detail on each of the band members' lives. Their likes, their dislikes. Right. And what, in fact, they would need to be doing to earn presents from Santa Claus. Exactly. It's not just rehearsing. There has to be other things. No, there has to. I mean, you have to be a good moral person. Exactly. You know, I mean, I, I as I recall the Edible Street Band, they've the members of the Edible Street Band are only responsible for three murders. So, right. uh, you know, as 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 a on a year by year basis, if you didn't do one of those three, I think that you're you know you're, you're right because much... every January third, the slate is wiped clean. Exactly. Jan- Why January third? By the way, well, it's not January first. Isn't the real. New Year's. Uh, well, also New Year's Day. It's just like there's so much going on with yeah. the Rose Parade that and, you might murder someone. Yeah, because of New Year's Eve. Yeah, and exactly. the Rose yeah. Parade. Well, also, yeah, New Year's Eve is like it doesn't just. It, no one goes like ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! And then everyone silently turns and goes home. No, you no, party. you're still partying for like a, another good three, four, five, six hours, yeah, seven you, hours sometimes, you, eight hour, eight, nine, ten. That's when I really rip it up. Is <laughs> yeah. after. Sure. Uh, the countdown. So there's a lot of residual uh, feelings that can occur uh, where you might murder someone. Yeah. On New Year's Day. It yeah, happens. Yeah. And then January 2nd, you know. You're sleeping, recovering, sure. and covering up your crimes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You're you're trying to get a catnap in while you're mopping up blood. And lying to the police. <laughs> sure. <laughs> while mopping up blood. Right. Has anyone ever this done that? This is not blood. Like <laughs> they're like, like, well, that. we'll take your word for it. But January 3rd, everything's wiped. Everything's fine. Yeah. You're all good. Uh, So if you can hold out till December, January 3rd to December 31st uh, or January 2nd, (laughs) you're all good. You know, unfortunately, January 6th came after that cutoff point. I know. What a bummer for all those patriots. thought about it. It's raining today. It's such a rainy day today. By the uh, I, uh, Adam, I believe I traversed the exact same freeway you did. Uh, a mere one zero one, one zero one. A mere five minutes after you. I think you did. And it, I, I, I don't know whether you escaped the incredibly hard rain on the one hundred one, but it got a little frightening for me in those five minutes. I did. I was able to escape through an exit. Ah. Uh, I was on the freeway for five seven minutes and then there were, i saw an exit with a, it was designated with a, a street name i bet it had a little arrow too. there was an arrow too yeah it said yeah. vine street and i was like and then mm. an arrow and i was able to see it because uh the windshield in my car 
is clear glass. So I saw it oh, I got right it, yeah. in front of me. And so I turned the steering wheel to the right and was able oh, to okay. get off on that exit. And then I just took it from there. What if they made cars and the steering wheels, it was always the opposite of what direction you wanted to go. Yeah. And they're just like, this is, this is how it works. the way we do it. And we would be used to it, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, the, yeah if it was, a, but if someone like Elon Musk, hint, hint, came out with a car where the steering wheel actually moved in the opposite direction, <laughs> I feel like people would eventually get used to it. This is, this is my feeling on, um, you know, the whole driving on the wrong side of the road. Uh, that that they do out there in merry old England. Ugh. It's like you're one of the only countries. Yeah, just Cut just it change out. it. I know it'll be an adjustment period for about five years where people are trying to figure out, but it might just kind be five of. minutes. It's not that hard. I mean, Ireland too. Uh, you get used to it. As a driver, you get used to it. Yeah, you get used to it like five minutes in. Just change an episode it back. of You Get Used To It? I think so. everyone welcome to you get used to it this is scott and this is scott and we're talking about things that one gets used to what what, what have you gotten used to recently well i guess you know i've gotten used to the just general sense of malaise Mm -hmm. in my life and the existential dread and the Mm -hmm. fear of death and Mm -hmm. the constant feeling that nothing you do is good enough and that no one loves you and mm-hmm. that even your friends that you do podcasts with couldn't give two shits about you. And yeah, they think you're a loser. They, I mean, I, a loser. I wouldn't go that far necessarily. But I, I was just kind of going on what you are saying. It. Just you, don't, kind of you, you don't need you to out. escalate my already terrible oh, feelings. Okay. I'll, I'll just sit here and listen. Anyway, just... That sort of feeling of like, why was I even born when I was born? Would it have mattered if I had been born 300 years ago or 10,000 years in the future? Yeah, you've made no difference in the world. You have not left a mark. I, I won't leave any. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I have a, a huge body of work. Eh. I have a family that loves me. I, yeah. I don't know. You might want to check on that. Which which half of what I said, the huge body of work? I'm just going on what you're saying. I'm just sort of expounding okay, I, on what I you're... feel like you have some sort of bone to pick with me. No, I, I was just kind of riffing and, and jamming with you. Aren't okay. we here to jam? Isn't that what we're doing? Jamming on what you've gotten used to? I, I guess so. Let's I just jam. Okay, you want to jam? Let's yeah, jam. Okay, let's jam. Let's jam. What, what, what have you gotten used to? Uh... I've gotten used to strawberry jam. It's pretty good. Well, I shifted from raspberry, so now it's strawberry. I, but it was an adjustment period, right? It was. I don't None like of those little seeds. No seeds, which is an advantage. But I don't like the big chunks of fruit in my jam. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I hate about jams is when there are giant chunks of fruit. Me too. <laughs> and then... Uh, it's so common in jams. At first, I didn't love it, but now uh, I've gotten used to it. This is a pretty good jam. Yeah, this is a good jam. You brought it with you, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's right here. These huge chunks of fruit that you always find in jams. Always. <laughs> they're Just really distracting. Giant chunks that take up the entire jar. This is, by the way, this jar, 
it's just one strawberry in it. I don't even, I don't think yeah. it's been liquefied or anything. It's just a strawberry. Is this not jam? I think this is a mason jar that you put one strawberry into huh. okay. to try to fool me for some reason, to try to make an ass out of you and me. Stop it. You, 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 Okay. Uh, look, the caveat I have to say is not everything is going to be great. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's good to remember that. It's good to remember that as humans, we're fallible. And this medium that we're working in is free <laughs> to the public. And that we donate our time. That's right. For literally no Nothing. reason or money. <laughs> Oh, Adam, um, speaking of Santa Claus, merry old St. Nick, he visited your house yesterday. Uh, How was your Christmas? I love Christmas. I know. The music. The the music, the the visuals. Do you know what I mean when I say the visuals? I think so. You mean the mise-en-scene. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I love most about Christmas is the mise-en-scene. Me too, the (laughs) mise-en-scene. You know, uh, the abyss has finally been released digitally. I know there's a, by the way, this is I Love Films. That's right. Hey everyone, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about The Abyss. Uh, James Cameron's The Abyss. His name may as well be right above the title, as far as I'm concerned. His name may as well just be changed to Box Office Gold, as far as <laughs> I'm right. concerned. Ha- excuse me, Mr. Box Office Gold. Yeah. Uh, your your table is ready. Uh, Avatar 3, directed by Box Office Gold. <laughs> um, so The Abyss was released. I used to love The Abyss. I saw it many times when I was oh, in yeah, the theaters. Oh, yeah, I remember I was profoundly stoned. When I first saw The Abyss <laughs> with my friends. It has the, and I don't want to spoil it, but it has the greatest um, person trying to revive a yeah. person who's about to die scene, I yes. think, in, in film. That's right. And one that played upon a lot of films that had come before it. Mm-hmm. Um and but I'm hearing a lot of, and I'm not sure whether this applies to the abyss, but I'm hearing a lot of negatives about the recent James Cameron uh, 4K digital uh, movies that have come out. What uh, do you mean that they look bad? Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that uh, you mean like this release, this 4K release, these 4K rele- digital releases that they've just put out that uh, a lot of the movies look look bad and they all film buffs are all complaining that the that they hope the 4k discs aren't bad like the the, the abyss and what, what else did they release uh true i think it was true lies and no oh sh- aliens a lot of people complaining about aliens no shit yeah what, what's the problem motion smoothing like uh paul this is truly an episode of i love films oh, yeah, by the way really, <laughs> we're geez. really drilling down um, a lot of like removal of grain, I guess that, uh, that James Cameron didn't like how much grain was in the film and he would have used a different film stock, but that was all that was available. So they've like smoothed everything out, gotten rid of the grain, like Paul Reiser's face, I guess looks Weird. just totally smooth. Huh. I, Cause I'm in the process of trying to convince 
my family to sit down and, and watch, watch the, the abyss. abyss. So I haven't seen. I bought it and I haven't seen. I'm so excited. Um, Are they? Do they say things to you like, Dad? Life is so short and what, precious. Th- what they say is no. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last movie that you? Okay, here's a here's a question. What was the last movie that you were like, we got to watch this, and they loved? And then flip side, what was the last movie you said, we got to watch this, and you realized, like, oh, this is not playing? Um, there was something recently. The other night we watched Parasite, and it was fantastic. Yeah. That's a terrific movie. Academy Award winning film. That's right. Donald Trump um, doesn't think it's uh, it, it should have been. Really? I don't remember <laughs> yeah. that. Did he have an opinion about Parasite? Yeah, apparently something to do with uh, them not speaking English, I think. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, there was something recently that kind of didn't quite didn't land, land. And I'm not really remembering. Was it The Aviator? Although they did a lot of landing in that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Um, God, I don't even, there was something. That was the best part of the aviator for me is like, when, my you'd, scenes. when you'd see those planes uh, just take, like, just landing, landing on, on, the, on the tarmac. I love a good landing on a smooth, clean airstrip. I would see a supercut of just like planes landing on tarmacs. Me too. Uh, you know what? Don't you love kind of YouTube compilations where it's just. Different things just over and over again. Over and over and over like again. Like a plane landing over and over again. I love stuff. You know, YouTube, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, so I, you know what I'm saying. I, 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 okay, I don't. <clears throat> I don't. <clears throat> oh, you all right? Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh the James Cameron re-releases people are complaining about. They are. I don't know about the abyss, but I, I was that was the one I was looking forward to because Where I don't, do you hear these grumbles? I'm plugged in, man. Unlike letterboxed. I look, I got my ears to the streets, boy. Which ones? Uh maybe you've heard of Hollywood Boulevard. No, which ears? Oh, uh the but mainly my left and my right. Okay. Uh that's fun. And I I'm excited to see the Abyss again because I love it so much. Uh but and it's it last time it was released was like regular DVD, I think. Like, I think we have so, not yeah. Seen I, this. I, I saw I saw it when it came out in theaters a couple of times. And then I think they re-released a like extended cut, right? And yeah, there's a different in, ending. In theaters, different yeah. ending, which is probably a better ending. Look, let's talk about Chris Elliott. Chris Elliott's in He's the Abyss. In the Abyss. Now that means something to us, probably not to in your 1989 kids. when that movie came out, and I first saw it. Like I said, profoundly stoned. I <laughs> applauded when he appeared on screen. I didn't know he I, was. I in like it. to think you would do that, stoned or not stoned. Yes, no, I would have. <laughs> um, but it was super exciting because I I had met him a year earlier in New York uh, with my brother. Which why uh, did, why were you meeting your brother for the first time with Chris Elliott? Chris Elliott and I were super tight when I was a teen. Uh, and my brother lived with him, grew up with him, never huh. met him, never met him. And so, so I, so Chris, Chris, Chris calls was like you an emissary day. between us. Right, right. Go between. It was, it was really nice. And then like a year later, the abyss came out. Wow. Crazy story. Yeah. Have you ever talked to your brother since? No, we, we correspond. Oh, through, uh, snail mail. 
Mm. Which is actual male carried by snails. Like the snails in that movie Turbo? Yes. This is I Love Films. Yes. Are we still in Isla Films? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Because we, we started talking about no. Turbo and I was very worried. Yeah, no, th- we th- we are safely in I Love Films. <laughs> and that is quite a film. <laughs> well, I, I, I really want to know if, if you guys ever watch Abyss together. <laughs> I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat about this. Will you give us an update? Uh, on if our next my brother episode? and I watch the Abyss together? <laughs> I will. No, uh, yeah, I will. Uh, next episode. We will find out if my kids, if they ever agreed to sit down. Do you have to make bargains with them? Because the abyss is like, there's no me saying, I want to watch a almost 40 year old movie with you that's (laughs) awesome with nascent CGI effects that they've never heard of ever once. Of course, uh, it's it's a tough and it's only like. Two hours and forty five minutes. No. <laughs> it's a good film, though. It is. Very I, good. I would love to watch it again. the The scene where he, Ed Harris, and Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio t- have to make that decision when they're trapped in the yeah, pod. Yeah, that's, that's so, it's incredible. gripping. It's very, I think they would like it. I, I actually think do think they would like it. Is a terrific word for it. Yeah, because you're gripping not only oh. the the edge of your seat, not only your popcorn, but your cock. <laughs> Okay, bye. <laughs> what a weird fucking episode. <laughs> like they got they got very specific about like technical specs of recent 4K releases and then and they ended with talking about grabbing their dicks in the theater. <laughs> grabbing popcorn. And they're t- like, what? <laughs> I don't, those guys, look, God bless them for continuing to do also, I Love Films. But Was that the longest I Love Films I think episode it might have ever? Been. Yeah, jeez. Wow. Wow. I'm pulling for that guy and his brother. <laughs> um, I, you know, I haven't introduced yet, and I know you want to say some words to you, uh, to the people who are closest to you. This yes. is Adam Scott is here with me. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. Uh, listen, um, happy holidays to everybody, no matter where you are in the world. When you say holidays, by the way, the Christmas yeah. is over. You mean Stocking Day. That's right. Stocking, happy Stocking Day to everybody. Coming up tomorrow. No matter where you uh, celebrate Stocking Day, I know we're all gathering around the hearth and staring at our stockings, waiting for them to be filled once again. Refilled. Refilled. Free refills on Stocking Day. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway. I don't think we ever... Yeah. By the way, we never figured out what is going into these stockings. What types of presents? When you say a refill, is it candy? It's because it, it, what do you what, what do you think of when you think of uh, what, stocking presents? Because I mean, every once in a while you'll get like a mug, a mug. Yeah, don't you think that's a little heavy for a stocking? Not if you come on have stop. a strong enough hearth. Hearth? Is I, it hearth? I would say hearth. Okay. You want, should we look it up? I don't know. You don't want to be wrong. Let's, that's let's why say hearth. How about hearth? Well, now this this gives the A with two a little umlaut above it. How would you pronounce oh, then that? Then that a? would probably be hearth because there's an oh. E as well, right? I uh, know it's just H and then A with an umlaut R and then T H really big, like you're supposed to 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 really wait. The T H is the capitalized, is, yeah. So like, are they trying to say like you got to really hit the T H? So it'd be like hearth. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's hearth hearth. 
Earth. I'm going to say pronunciation, and then I think... Uh, yeah, they'll pronounce it for you. I think a YouTube thing will... Co- okay, here we go. Ready? Hearth. Pretty clear. Can I hear it one more time? Yeah. Hearth. Do you want to hear it in a sentence? Yeah. Hey, look at that. Hearth. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> Why did I think it was hearth? Because well, it's, it's spelled there- like hearth. It's spelled like earth. I thought you said there's H. no e in it. No, not in the not in the um uh, Oh, the pronunciation. The pronunciation. Oh, I thing, thought yeah. you were actually spelling the word. I was confused. Mm, let's see. How do you pronounce this word? Um, oh, got to watch an ad. No, no, this is the intro. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, please subscribe to our channel and help us pronounce every word in the world. What's that? Adam, what? Penis. Why, why am I just discovering this now? I think I knew this technology existed, but this is great. Good stuff. I love that. Uh, please subscribe to our channel. Yeah, <laughs> like, where you can, where we can say fuck over and over again. Um, Adam, it's great to have you, and uh, happy Stocking Day to you, of course, if I don't see yeah. you before then. I doubt yeah. I will, as Stocking Day is tomorrow. Uh, I doubt we'll fit in another sesh yeah. before uh, tomorrow. Well, you never know. You never do. That's the thing about Stocking Day. Little old me may come, but, but here, back to my back to my point. Yeah. What is in the stockings? Because I'm imagining well, like a Halloween. do you put in a stocking? <laughs> this is what you keep asking me. I'm asking you. Uh, stocking, stocking, uh, stuffers as they call them are usually just like kind of, you know, the kind of stuff you throw out like within a couple of days. So, so like, but other than candy, like maybe a, a word a day calendar. I think I got one of those in a stocking one. Yeah, shit like that. But why would I? Yeah, a mug and a word a day calendar both sound a little big a little, a little for heavy a for you. I would say like, like, uh, you know, like a. Uh, one of those, <laughs> one of those, th- like a a ten pack of gum or something. You shove that I in see. there, and then uh, maybe a Starbucks gift card or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, so uh, so I like the idea that you give someone a gift card and then two days later they've used it already, and you got to give them the exact another same gift one. card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, or you find your way to wherever they've put all their gifts. Um, and you take that gift card and, and just rewrap put it, it and put, put it, it back, back in the again. stocking. Would yeah, people, sure. Are those the kind of shenanigans that you're... That's the kind of mischief that the Stocking Day elves wow. get into. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, it's coming up tomorrow, so uh, this is very exciting for yeah. our listeners. It's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else did you want to say to your to your to uh, uh, the people you're closest with? Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to say to everybody out there, my friends, my family... Um, and also, uh, Scott, hmm. to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I well, just wanted to say hi. Hi. Thank hi. you so much for including me. You know, sometimes me. it's just as simple as that. You just say hi. Thank That's you so much. why it's my slogan. Just say hi. Just say hi. Just say, just say hi. It's very, I mean, I got to say, it's a little similar to just say no, the Nancy Reagan drugs. Right. Well, that's where I got it. I'm in partnership with the Nancy Reagan Foundation. Really? So yep. you guys are like teaming up We're on this. We're out there. We're hitting the streets. We're just saying hi. As well as no. And also no. 
After hi. you say hi, no, it's important to say no. <laughs> I, I'm trying to imagine a situation where that would actually come in handy, where you come up to a stranger, uh-huh. you say hi, hi, and then no, and then whatever it is they want, <laughs> say no. I love it. Well, I appreciate the high. I appreciate the no. Thank and you. Everything in between, Adam. No, because this is tis truly the season. Um, we're coming up on New Year's Eve. We are. We already talked about the countdown and how hard uh, we yeah. rage. It's so fun. You know, what's fun is uh, watching the East. If you're on the West Coast, if you're a West Coaster, sure. If you, you're one of those types who surfs in the morning and skis at night, mm. every weekend I like to start my Saturday by uh by skiing yep you do it the reverse yeah you've you've by the way you you surf at like 9 p.m which is too late to be doing it first of all because the waves are no longer there they're going the opposite direction it's extremely dark yeah very no lifeguards no lifeguards do waves go the opposite i mean they go yeah after 5 p.m they go they just like go so you can surf a wave if you get the right wave you can surf it all the way to catalina (laughs) yep and in Australia, people do surf at night because everything's backwards there. That's right. Um, and we want to say hello to our friends in Australia who are listening right now with their surfing Santas. Oh, it's yeah. summer there for them right it's now. It's great. I love seeing a Santa on a surfboard. It's so funny. Hell yeah. Because mostly you see Santa in uh, colder in- environments. Yeah, pretty much uh, his the whole his whole mise-en-scene yeah. is... Uh, very wintry. Win- winter. Yeah. Just the gloves themselves. But then he hits that, the Southern Hemisphere. And if it's summer, hey, you got to take off that, peel off that red Santa suit. Think about Santa is he's wearing those gloves, right? Yeah. Is that so he doesn't leave fingerprints anywhere? Yes. That's, I mean, primarily. Because hmm. no one's ever gotten like, a hair follicle or a trace no. of his DNA. I mean, have you right? dusted for fingerprints up in the in your hearth? I haven't now. Oh, wow, you're saying it so correctly. Thanks. Uh, I haven't. No, that's a good question. I mean, uh, he, Santa just visited us yesterday. He gave us all uh, new SUVs. And, uh, that's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. How did he fit those down the chimney? I don't know. Uh, to be honest, that w- if I ever meet him, that's the first question I'm going to ask him. Well, you must have rehearsed a lot during the year to earn all those SUVs. <laughs> yep, yep. I thought I was going to get a brand new saxophone. Wait, Adam's leaving. Where are you going, buddy? <laughs> what? <laughs> you what? You're throwing something in the garbage? Why are you doing this in the middle of the show? What was it? What? What? What was it? What were it you... was a piece of gum I had in my hand. I you, had to get you could rid wait of it. for the break. Oh, I couldn't. It was gross. <laughs> I love it. You just turned around, walked out. Well, of the you room. were talking. I figured what was the, I, what was rather I than calling it out, you would just keep talking. Hey, this is podcasting. We call out everything on this. Mm. Um, New Year's Eve coming up, and that is, of course, uh, taking us into a little year called 2024. Leap year, buddy. Huh? You excited for the extra day? Uh, yeah, is it really a leap year? Hell yeah! Who am I talking to? I'm talking to Mr. Leap Day himself. Hey, um, did we start doing the podcast in 2014 or 2013? 2014, the like very beginning of 2014. Yeah, in like March or something. I, I don't know. We're, we're coming up on the 10 year anniversary. How are we going to celebrate? So I'll, we. St- I'll tell you one thing. We want to do. Yeah. Get an interview with a little guy. We know who's listening. 
Who? Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, right. Can you imagine if Here, we got that on our 10 year anniversary? Here's my question though. Yeah. Um, we, I feel like we started in late 2013 because why? Just because I said it was 2014, you want to be a fucking dick? The, uh, their album came out in what the fall of 2014. Yeah, and we, we 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 thought it was coming out earlier than than what it was. I'll I'll check on the actual day okay. here while you talk. But uh, I thought, give, give me your opinion. I thought that it was like late, like fall 2013 when we started. So it was like by the time the album came out, a surprise release. It was like holy shit. This we actually... I think we had heard like oh we think it's probably coming out um later this year i think that's right. how you february 18 was 2014 f- 2014 was our first episode and then when did uh, february 20 well that was our preview february 26th was the first episode when so that's did the true 10 year songs of innocence come out songs of innocence i would say like september songs of innocence came out september 11 well, that was our no. That was our uh, uh, episode that we released it on. So I think it probably came out like September 9th or something like that. That's so crazy because I feel my memory is we had been doing the podcast for a long time, and suddenly the album came out. But it was only like six months. Sometimes things <laughs> are just different than 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 your memory <laughs> of them. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was that an episode of the most fascinating conversation in the world? I think it was. I think it was. I don't, I, there wasn't a theme song or anything, so yeah. I have no idea. But uh, but it clearly, it clearly was. Clearly was. <laughs> so interesting. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Adam, we're going to be talking about a Bruce Springsteen album today. Working on a dream. I've been working on one dream. Um, yeah, working on a dream. We're going to be talking about it today. We're going to be going through all the songs, and we're going to be talking about our opinion of the album. Does that sound fun to you? Yes. It does, right? Yes. Sounds fun to me, too. What do you say we take a break? When we come back, we will talk about the album working on a dream on a little show that I like to call... You talking, you two to me. We'll be right back after this. Hey, welcome back. You springing Springsteen on my bean. I just saw a really cool headline I wanted to share. Oh with yeah, you. please! I you know me, I have always considered myself to be the successor to Jay Leno's headlines. So, well, this I, one will fit right in. Here's something: uh, masked singer loser John Schneider calls for public executions of President Joe Biden and son Hunter Biden. <laughs> they should. By the way, they could probably get rid of the words "masked singer." And the and the headline would still loser John Schneider. <laughs> yeah, it would still make sense. <laughs> John Schneider's the 
the Dukes, Dukes of, of Hazard, Hazard guy. guy. Yeah, Smallville, uh, Pa Kent. Jesus Christ. Uh, why does he want him to be public? Like, I say keep those private. <laughs> I mean, you and I both want him to be executed. <laughs> keep them private. <laughs> let's keep that under wraps. I mean, what the Then hell? let's put some body doubles in there. Although I know that's already happened. We're on our third or fourth Joe Biden at this point. Wow. So crazy. Does Did he say it on The Masked Singer and then... Jenny McCarthy laughed and Nicole Scherzinger just like shook her head. Is she on that show? I have no idea. I didn't even know that was, if he's, what does that mean? He's the loser. He, people guessed who it was singing. Do you not know how the mass Singer works? I do not. Okay. So in your mind, this is what I'm getting. In your mind, the mass Singer is if anyone, if any of those judges, Robin Thicke, Jenny McCarthy. Wow. Those are the judges? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Ken. Uh, Ken Jong? Yeah. Okay. And then Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls, right? Whoa. The, the, oh, quite a collection of people. And um, they're around Jenny McCarthy and no one's wearing masks. So you never know if you're going to catch rubella from her. Um, but uh, she's an anti-vax person. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> so uh, uh, you're, in your mind... Uh, if if one of those judges ever guesses the person, they're disqualified. Yeah. Well, in my mind, people come on with ma- with masks on. That's and, an important part. You're right. I skipped over that. I'm so sorry. I and thought that sing, was a given. And you try and guess who it is singing. All of that is yes. Okay. You you are correct. So if someone guesses, hey, that's John Schneider singing, <laughs> then John Schneider loses. That is not the case. The okay. mass singer, the mechanics of it are merely the judges are there to give their opinion, to perhaps influence voting, uh, and then to offer their opinion of who they think it is. Sometimes I believe they obfuscate who it is as not to give it away. And So, so the judges know who it is? No, the judges do not know, but I, I, some, every once in a while you can tell that one of the judges like automatically just knows whose voice it is. Uh-huh. Um, and they sort of play around like, oh, maybe it's this person, maybe it's this person. But by the time they give their final guesses, they're like, yeah, I know it's, you know, like uh, Shaka Khan, for instance. But how would anyone guess John Schneider? That's the point. Yeah. So, uh, but th- there are clues. Um, there are uh, little packages. Like he was one of the two Duke brothers. It's, <laughs> I mean, that's more than a clue. <laughs> right. Unless you're talking about but David But I can't Duke. think of anything else that would... There, there, there is a person to guess John Schneider. There are video packages that that you uh, wear that have visual clues, like subtle visual clues with oh the God. person's it voice. Exhausting. It's so tiring. I honestly, I feel like I've worked out for about three hours after I watched the show. Yeah. But but if they guess, there is no effect on it because it is merely a vote total uh, from the audience at home, uh, voting for who their favorite is. I see. And people are eliminated. Oh, I see. So it's like Dancing with the Stars. In the sense that it's on TV, yeah. It's a, it's like Dancing with the Stars. It's like but I Love Lucy. But isn't Dancing with the Stars 100% uh, audience? No. Is the, the audience at home voting on people? Oh, boy. I really do think this is an episode of explaining reality <laughs> shows to Adam. <laughs> this is absolute reality. reality. Hey, everyone. This is explaining reality shows to Adam. This is Scott, and this is Scott. I mean, listen, I I spent I was glued to the Survivor finale this week. I, I but don't spoil it reality. by the way. I don't want to. I, I will not. I don't know. Uh, okay, so 
Dancing with the Stars. Here we go. Dancing with the Stars. The ju- there's the judges. There's I, the judges. I know. They give them a point total. But the the home audience votes. Yes. Let me explain okay, it. Sorry. So, Dancing with the Stars. Why are you Here's clapping what along with every I'm, syllable? I'm, I'm doing it like a Twitter thread. Here's, I'm going to explain okay. it. Okay. Um, the judges give their vote totals. The, between one and ten, there are three judges. Um, currently, uh, of course, Len Goodman is no longer with us. Okay. It's the Len Goodman Memorial. Uh, uh, one of the judges passed. He away. passed away, and they've no named shit. the prize after him now. Oh. Uh, now we have Derek Huff, I believe. Yeah, sure. Uh, we have Carrie Ann Inaba, as the announcer says when they introduce her. Okay. Uh, and a third, I can't remember. Um, oh no, Bruno, Bruno, yeah, the Bruno. No. That's who I was thinking was the person that passed no, away. No, Len was the English gentleman. Uh, when did he die? I think uh, at about 12, 17 p.m. on... 17, okay. Uh, uh, how, you're okay. A, by the I, way... No, I, did, I just wanted your, to know the In your the off time. hours, you're a coroner, right? That's right. And so I like these details. You can look up his obit after okay. the show, I think. But um, So they give... Uh, three judges give their vote totals between one and ten. They'll uh, they'll tally those up. It's usually between, you know, sixteen and thirty. Sometimes they'll get a person. Okay, uh, you know. All right. Then the audience calls in only in that hour on the West Coast. By the way, during which it is on. <sighs> so if you're on the West Coast and you're trying to vote for a Matt Walsh. You got to do it before you ever even see what he's dancing like. Matt Walsh was on Dancing with the Stars. Thank God this is an episode of explaining reality shows to I Adam. I did because... not know Matt Walsh was on Dancing. That's a he was on this amazing. season. Yes, how would he do? Eliminated first. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that makes him the coolest. Way cooler. Yeah. yeah. Nikki Glaser eliminated first. I, I didn't think know it's a she badge was on it either. Um, that's that's like that's always like the coolest person except Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Didn't he go first too? I have no idea. I, I, think he I did. One of the only seasons I watched, uh, the dude from Cobra Kai, uh, you know the 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 guy who ran the Cobra Kai, Martin Cove. Yes, Martin Cove. Uh, he got eliminated first because he wasn't. He was. I don't know why. Uh, I, if I were to speculate, it would be because of age. Uh, he wasn't even dancing. He was. Oh. He was like walking around the dance floor, sort of prowling and pointing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think never I need to see never dancing. One. It was pretty good. Um, in any case, the half of their final score yeah. is from the judges. Half of it is from the audience. Oh, I see. So it's a mix of the two. Bye. Bye. This is absolute reality. Reality. And sorry, maybe. Okay, we- we're going back in. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Explaining Reality Shows to Adam. This is Scott. And this is Scott. So with the masked singer, is it the same deal? No, the judges have no effect on the scoring. They're just there to entertain. They're, and they do a great job. Well, of it. Ken Jong is awesome, and I'm sure he does entertain. He is very fun. Yeah. Uh, he, is, he is normally just doing joke guesses. Good. <laughs> Fucking right on. Yeah. Meanwhile, Robin Thicke actually... Can pretty if it's a famous singer, especially from the seventies or eighties, he's usually someone who can go yep. like, "I know this is Shaka Khan." She I has a very that. distinctive voice. This is Shaka Khan. I believe that. 
Um, and then the other two are, you know, got it. So John Schneider was a loser in that the audience did not vote for he him. He never, you know, there are probably, I would, if I had to guess how many mass singers there are at any given time out there in the world. Yeah. They're among us. The masked singers. <laughs> There's probably 16 per, or 12 per season or something. And okay. he's one of the 11 that did not win. So did he like take his mask off after he lost and go, I would like to see Joe and Hunter <laughs> Biden publicly executed. And then Ken Jong like went, ah, ha, ha, Jesus like, Christ. Yeah. All right. Um, but, but, uh, you know, as ideas go. Sounds like I need to w- watch, uh, uh, the Mass Singer. I have seen Dancing with the Stars, but I've never seen the. You Mass never Singer. retain that information, though, that I'm telling you. I thought it was audience, deter- the, the, purely, purely audience. determined by the audience. So with those numbers that everyone held up. Now that you say that, of course, that probably has bearing, <laughs> but I just didn't remember. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This is absolute All right. Sounds uh, sounds like uh, one of those hosts is needs to study up <laughs> honestly i don't know if there'd be a show if that particular host studied up <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that's true so all in all not bad um adam we're we're here um mainly to to explain reality show rules to you but <laughs> but our side gig is on our other show is yeah we, we talk about these bruce springsteen albums that working on out. a dream and uh, we're here talking about working on a dream. And do you want to do stats? Yeah. All right. 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 Um, the last album, Magic, that we covered came out in 2007. And that came out, I believe, in uh, this one September came- of yeah. 2007. This comes out a mere one year and four months later. This comes out in January of 2009. Wow. That's pretty uh, pretty fast. Pretty? Uh, p- that's PDQ. I remember listening to this album when it came out in my trailer uh, um, while making Party Down. Oh, cool. Season one. Season one of three. That's right. Yeah, that must have been season January 09. January 09. You're looking at your calendar right now, or you're yeah, looking at was, the partydown.com? I was looking at the date on <laughs> Wikipedia of the release, which, yes. January 27, 2009. Um, by the way, you're, uh, uh, I, I texted you this the other day, but you're, uh, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing your coworker in the movie Torque. <laughs> John Doe. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. Uh, and uh, he was over here doing CBBFM, which is a music show I do oh, over yeah, yeah, at yeah. CBB World. That's and cool. uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, He's rad. Yeah. It was great. Then I went to go see X that night at the Roxy. Oh, cool. Were they incredible? Yeah. They were great. Yeah. Put the X in Roxy. I remember he and I talked about REM. Oh, really? What did you? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. This, this, I mean, this is an episode of Are You Talking REM, Remy?
From chronic to collapse, town and into now, that is, this is Are You Talking R.E.M. Me? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things R.E.M. This is good rock and roll music. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And you were telling me before the show something yeah. really interesting. You were saying that John Doe, the... Yeah, off air. Uh, I was I was telling you, member that. of the seminal punk band X, Los Angeles punk band X. Uh, yeah. You uh, uh, were starting a film with him called Torqua, Torque, Torque, and uh, when everyone was talking about twerking, by the way, like, oh, I like to twerk. Uh-huh. Did you think they were talking about twerk? And you yeah, were, like getting excited. I excited. <laughs> I was getting really excited. <laughs> um. Yeah, John Doe. Uh, was in the movie and I was super excited because I love X and I just love John Doe. And so I walked up and, and immediately introduced myself and wanted to jump right in and talk about music. And I think he was a little <laughs> weirded out. Um, cause the torque, the set was a, it was a fine set, but it wasn't the kind of set where everyone was, uh, super excited about John Doe and Los Angeles <laughs> right. punk music. Right. So you wanted to make sure that he had a safe haven in you. That's right. And uh, meanwhile, he's here thinking like, uh, man, another, we- another weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to act on this thing. But uh, slowly over the, over the course of the couple of days we worked together, we were chit-chatting a lot and stuff. And so if I remember correctly, I had just seen R.E.M., it must have been the up tour because this was oh two so it must have it was a couple of years since they had toured but we were talking about bands and longevity and i was saying like the rem the last rem show i saw bye That was a great app. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Wow. Oh, good stuff. Well, he 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 asked me to say hi to you because he, um, I think he knew we do the show together, and um, so uh, unprompted. Unprompted, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. He said, "You, hey, you know Adam Scott? And I said, I do. We uh, have this show about Springsteen. And um, he said, please say hi to him. I'm, I did a movie with him. And That's he so, was so nice. Cool. Yeah. I, I, the whole time I was like, John Doe is way too cool for me, <laughs> this movie. I mean, so I'm, I'm just kind of surprised that he uh, yeah. remembers Still that. a big fan. It's cool. Um, okay, so working on a dream. Um, guess who's back? Back again. That's right. This album is by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> but also, we have the Edible Street Band is here. Uh, we have all the crew from um, the previous album, Magic. We have it's produced by... Brendan O'Brien. Brendan O'Brien, that's right. Do you right. think he's Irish? Let me let me say his name with an Irish lilt, and we'll figure okay. it out. Brendan O'Brien! Yeah, I yeah, think he is. He's Irish. Yeah, he's definitely Irish. Let me say Bruce Springsteen with an Irish little. Okay. We'll see if he's Irish. Right. Bruce Springsteen! Yeah. He's Irish. He's Irish too. Let me say Adam Scott with an Irish little. Okay. Adam Scott. No. Not Irish. Maybe a little Irish, but mostly like Scottish and Sicilian. Okay, let me do you like Shrek. Let me, I got to get into it. 
Donkey, Donkey, Fiona, Donkey, Donkey, Adam Scott. Wow. The warm-up to get into Shrek was the best part of that. Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Um, Okay, yeah. So, Working on a Dream, 16th studio album by Bruce Springsteen. Wow. That's one more than 15. No one can argue with that. Uh, Top the charts in nine countries, including the U.S., where it was his ninth number one. Um, And this was a... Busy little period for Brucey. E. Oh. Um, he put out this album. He also did the Super Bowl halftime show in, hmm. uh, I believe, the week after, or maybe a few weeks after this came out. He was up there shaking his little butt while cheerleaders and football players were all going. <gasps> I'm so fucking tired. Yeah. I, can't, I can't go back out there. <laughs> they go, a lot of times, football players at halftime, they go back in the locker room and their coach gives them some of the business, right? Like, yeah, yeah. What are you doing out there? Are you kidding me? Yeah. With that poor showing of effort. And most of the time, the players are like, you're right. Let's just, we, let's just leave. Yeah, and they walk And the home. coach is like, Susan, no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm so no, sorry. No, I'm so no, sorry. No, no. Come back, come back, come, come back. Come back, come back. Sorry, 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 sorry. We love you, we love you. Um, but this time they're like, uh, coach, stick a pin in it. We're gonna go watch the boss. That's right. Uh this was the only Super Bowl halftime where the players all just stayed on the field. Yep. And in formation, in formation, they played a mini game during yep. it <laughs> for in time with the music. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> hut, 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 hut. <laughs> um, it was a crazy experience. Did you see that Super Bowl halftime? Yeah, I've talked about it on the show already. I don't remember it, but it was, I'm sure it's I saw great. It. You go check it out. You can okay. see it on YouTube. It's really great. All right. The funniest part is when. A, a fake referee comes out and throws a flag in the middle of the oh thing saying God. they're partying too hard or yeah. some shit. They're uh, shredding too hard or yeah, something, rocking too something hard. Yeah, something to that, that effect. Just, Bruce does a slide. I've talked about how I was over at uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's house watching this and uh-huh. uh, and I was jamming along. I was by myself. I'm uh-huh. jamming along. I look to my left and uh, Ben Affleck is sitting next to me and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> because you were getting way too into it. Yeah, because I think everyone was sort of like cynical about it a little. Uh-huh. I'm not saying like, you know, Jimmy was or anything like that. I'm saying that. Just like, you uh, know, fucking a bunch of comedians yeah. and like, yeah. oh, let's make fun of stuff. Sure. Uh, and I'm here going like, this yeah. is rad. Well, there have been some great. I mean, Springsteen, Tom Petty, U2, U2. Prince is the best of all time. I Prince think. was incredible. And the one uh, a few years ago with Eminem and Dr. Dre and Snoop. That was pretty good. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Um, the Rihanna one, I thought was fine. I, that was last not year. Sure. Oh, okay. This I'm year, sure it. it's, who is it this year again? It's, uh, um, Wilco. I think the cure. Yep. No, it's Depeche Mode. <laughs> I just saw them, by the way. You before. know who it should be? Who should it and be? And I'm not joking. Fucking Duran Duran. Duran that Duran. would be f- awesome. Quality is job one with Duran Duran. At Duran Duran LTD, quality is job one. Yeah. 
Sure, sometimes safety. Safety is maybe job yeah. one. So quality will slip to two sure. because they want to make sure everyone's yeah, safe. No, they don't want anyone to die no. during one of so their shows. So quality, yeah, it can be job two occasionally. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, sometimes just uh, the the music is job two. But they're playing... So it'll slip to three. Quality will slip to three. They play so well. But the thing about halftime show is... It, it always should be a medley of hits, and they have so many. They have so many hits, incredible but I, I, songs. I think that that the audience that would, yeah, they probably wouldn't know those songs. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. I feel like everyone, like those songs, are at the grocery. Like everyone knows the grocery. That's the grocery. That's where you listen to your music. No, but the, that, that did you listen to this album at the grocery? That's in only, preparation I for go the show. To the grocery, <laughs> and I listen. <laughs> and you to, slip him a disc. Uh-huh. I'm like. Could you put this on, please? <laughs> and then I just dance in the aisles. <laughs> One of the songs, by the way, would fit very well oh, in yeah. the grocery. You're right. Um, okay, so Brendan O'Brien is back. Um, they here. Here's what happened with this record. Duran Duran is an absurd suggestion for the Super Bowl. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> I have a I have a story I'll tell you about uh, in the break involving Duran Duran. Okay. Um, Why don't you tell it here? Uh, I don't want to. Okay. Um, not Can't not wait. not regarding them personally. By the way, I've uh, never met them. Although I did uh, hang out backstage at one of their shows. It's where I met Susanna Hoffs of the Bangles. Wait, you've never met them, but you were hanging out backstage. Yes, at one of their shows. We went to see them at South by Southwest. Uh, I I were they awesome? They were great. See, uh, I I I John Hamm was there. I texted him, and he, we we met. And he is like, oh, I'm here with uh, uh, the Bengals. Yeah. And uh, so then we all went backstage and uh, I I never personally uh, went up to them or saw them, but uh, maybe the Bengals. Were the Bengals awesome too? Oh, they're great. Yeah, yes. They're yes. so good. They're so good. They're uh, uh, they should do the Super Bowl halftime show. The ba- This is what I'm saying. The bank. Here, and here's the thing. Susanna's married to Jay Roach. Yeah. Let's get Austin Powers in there too. Yeah, Austin Powers, Jay Roach can direct it. This is perfect. Super Bowl halftime show, ready to go. Let's get Austin Powers. Austin Powers, Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Bill and Ted. Bill Ted. The dude where it's my car guys. Wayne's World. Wayne's Wayne World. And Garth. Swing. That's right. Let's get all of them. Meanwhile, the Bengals are just like. Just jamming, shredding. Buying them. Oh my God, this is the perfect Super Bowl halftime experience. Yeah, it is. Pepsi. Pepsi. Get, get Pepsi, Pepsi involved. There. Yeah, they'll be. They're a, dumping just tubs of Pepsi, Pepsi on Pepsi. it. Everyone. And everyone's drinking it. And then one person drowns yes. in the Pepsi. Live on stage. Yes, a drowning. <laughs> so we want, so we want Austin Powers, Ace Ventura, Bill and Ted, Wayne's World, the Dude Wears My Car guys. We want the Bengals, we want Jay Roach to direct, and we want one drowning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. All right, back to working on a dream. So this came out relatively quickly after Magic, and I guess here's the process from what I'm gleaning. Um, Brendan O'Brien says, like, let's not wait another, because I think it was five years in between. Yeah, we, can't, uh, we can't wait that long. Can't wait that long. Let's just get this going right away. They go on the Magic Tour. Yep. Um, and when they're back, Brendan O'Brien's like, let's do it immediately. Um, and Bruce, by the way, how long is this record? 51 minutes, 20 seconds. A little longer than magic. I will say if you take out the bonus track, the wrestler, the wrestler that gets it at, uh, around 47 minutes. Is that a bonus track? 
it's a it's regarded as a bonus track but it's on the album i know it's just recorded a couple years or no it's i i think because it was made for the movie it wasn't made for the album it they but it's on the album i know it's not a bonus track but it's listed as a bonus track it is yeah oh i mean then it's maybe not on your phone (laughs) it's a bonus track if it's listed as a bonus track that would be a bonus track, my that, friend. Look, right there. It's in the title. Um, it's raining cats and dogs out there. I'm looking out this window and don't see anything. Yeah, but look out that window. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> do, you like, do you like the expression, it's raining cats and dogs? How did it start? We, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um... Okay, the etymology is a number of possible etymologies have been put forth. By the way, this has got to be an episode of etymologies. Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Etymologies. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about the etymology this episode of It's Raining Cats and Dogs. Yeah. And this is the show where we explain, you know, why we say what we say. Right. The nomenclature and where it comes from. Can I can I can I yeah. say one thing to you before we dive in? Sure. The expression, uh, it's raining cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. I love it. You love it. Why do I you love, love it? I love it because rain by and large is seen as a negative. Um, it's inconvenient. Although it helps our crops. Just shut up for a second. Oh shit. Um but uh, like you were about to to say when you interrupted me, it's good for our crops. <laughs> it's great. It's great for the earth. Okay? I would say it's great for the environment. Shut your mouth for two seconds. But for me, it's just living in a city. It's largely inconvenient, especially Los Angeles. Don't get me started. Traffic goes crazy. People panic when Fuck. it's raining. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Now. Fuck. The thing Thanks is, though, when if you like this people video, say it's raining cats and dogs, our I think it's fun. I think it's it kind of oh, it's lighthearted. There's no cats. There's no dogs. No. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look. One possible explanation involves the drainage systems on buildings in 17th century oh, Europe, God. which were poor and may have disgorged their contents, including the corpses of animals. I don't see it as like is that really that's what it one says? possible explanation. I just don't I don't buy it because I don't think that people I don't I don't think that say you were in that situation, you're in 17th century, you know, Europe. Are people putting their pets dead pets on the roof? In the drain I think down the sewers or whatever. Oh, I see. So say you're walking around in 17th century Europe, suddenly there's just like pet corpses everywhere yeah you're not going to be like boy it's raining cats and dogs out right there. you know what i mean it's just too lighthearted for a what is a bad situation to be in yeah okay here's another one cats and dogs may be a corruption of the greek word katadupoi referring to waterfalls on the nile possibly through the old french word katadupe waterfall in Old English, catadupe meant a cataract or a waterfall. Cats and dogs. What? Cats and dogs may also come from the Greek expression katadoxa, which means contrary to experience or belief, meaning it's raining cats and dogs, a.k.a. unusually hard. That's a little more hmm. easy to take. 
Okay. But I just don't buy any of this. No. But there's an online rumor largely circulated through email claimed that in 16th century Europe, animals could crawl into the thatch of peasant homes to seek shelter from the elements and would fall out during heavy rain. I buy that that's one. That's the one you like, Adam? I love that's, it. Then that's the one it's going to be. Ding, ding, ding. We've got a winner, everybody. I actually think it's the following one, which is there is no logical explanation. It may have just been used for its nonsensical humor value. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. All right, bye. Bye. Pretty informative show. That's That was really good. Sounded like one of the hosts was just reading off Wikipedia. But he did a good job of a cold read, I, I have to say. It kind of sounded like the other one wasn't really listening. <laughs> I buy that. Um, okay, so here's the here's the process for working on a dream is I think Brendan O'Brien says, Bruce, let's get going. Let's let's uh, uh, do this right away. Yeah. And Bruce. Here's what I can tell. Oh, God. OK. I don't think Brendan O'Brien likes this album. I, that's really just, that's just me reading his quotes about what, it. What does he say? Every single song he seems to say, like. I don't really get this one, but Bruce really wanted to do it. Okay. He also says, like, this is around the time when an artist is getting tired of being told what to do and just wants to do their own thing. And is this the last record they yes. made together? Yes. And then another one was sort of like, I had no input on choosing what songs would go in or not, and none on the instrumentation because he pretty much gave this to me with uh, pretty complete demos. And just said, "Why don't you mix this?" And... Uh, or, or let's let's record it this way. Oh, I see. Let's just re-record this. Yes, in this in the exact way. Is that why the album opens with a song called "Outlaw Peak"? <laughs> he did not want that to be the opener, and in uh, and said, "But Bruce really, really wanted that to be the opening song, and uh, so it is." Yeah. So I'm reading between the lines a little bit that yeah. that this isn't a true collaboration the way that the previous two records yeah. were. And I think it's I think it's safe to say that Magic was a triumph of sorts. Yes. It was a huge and, album. And the, and the Rising, both of them. And the were, Rising, yeah. Were were just incredibly But I would say Magic is probably his best album since like Born in the USA. Yeah, I think so. And and so I think Brendan O'Brien is here saying like, let's keep this going yeah. and let's not, you know, let you go off and do another Seeger sessions or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep let's keep the momentum going. Yeah. And Bruce is like, hold on, here's a bunch of shitty demos. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's uh, we'll hear it a, uh, a little later. That's sort of the uh, Bruce doesn't even really talk about the process behind it in his book he just mainly writes a whole chapter about the super bowl right um and uh you know it's it, it's it's a schizophrenic album i would say yes, i would say so uh, uh it doesn't really have a cohesive theme nor does it have really a cohesive sound no um and the the cover is weird Cover, if you like the color blue, you're in heaven at this point, because I would say a good half of this dang album cover is blue. And would you say that work the 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 title Working on a Dream and the song Working on a Dream is 
tied at all to because the album came out just a few days after Obama was inaugurated, and and the song was used in his inauguration. We'll we'll talk about that when we when we hear the song because there are some choice quotes about it that I think we'll we'll talk about. But uh, yeah, it's a it's an oddity I think in his discography. Um, but we're going to listen to it and, uh, kind of try to make sense of it here. You ready to do this? We're going to take a break. Yeah. When we come back, we will be listening to Working on a Dream on You Spring and Springsteen on My Bean. Working on a Bean. Well, I want the way you want me to, and I've told. Welcome back. You spring and spring scene on my bean. We are talking about working on a dream today, which is uh, the the album that came out in 2007. Um, I did. I did want 2009. Sorry, 2009. I saw the seven in January 27 and I mixed it up like a little broken brain guy. Um, One thing I did want to mention is that. they were they were saying that Bruce was going to be super. This was going to be like the busiest time period of his life yeah. because this album was coming out. He was doing Super Bowl, and they're like, and obviously he'll be nominated for an Oscar for uh, his song. Yeah, and so they were all prepping that like it was a fait accompli, like it was uh, for the wrestler. For the wrestler, and he did not get no- get yeah. nominated. And uh, but it's sort of like. You've seen those like Steven Spielberg, uh, those those old home movies of him like watching the Academy Awards nominations being uh, nom- uh, being announced for Jaws, and he doesn't get one. And it's like they had set up cameras and like oh, to record it. It just seemed like it was Ugh. gonna happen. And then when something like that doesn't happen, I have not seen that footage. It's pretty interesting. Um, it uh, the the song was uh, nominated and won the uh, uh, Golden Globe though. So I guess, but the, but they were like, well, he's going to be performing at the Oscars. Oh God! Um, and so we got to fit that into a schedule around the Super Bowl and around you know this album release thing, and that did not happen. Um, as far as personnel, uh, we have uh, the edibles are back. We even have uh, a. F- maybe on a few tracks uh the late danny federici is uh playing on so we got uh he was able to complete some of the sessions before he passed away um and uh we talked about it it's a fucking weird album yeah i when it came out i remember being like yeah it's good yeah me too yeah it's like magic right uh outlaw pete okay don't know about that uh queen of the supermarket don't know about that but yeah it's it, i mean it's like it's 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 like and then i and then just gradually i've never listened to it <laughs> again yeah until until uh so it's it's obviously didn't really stick with me until uh we, we started doing this but let's hear it um we've talked about it this is the first song this is called outlaw pete this is by bruce springsteen Born a little baby on the Appalachian Trail 
At six months old, he'd done three months in jail. Here off the bank in his diapers and his little bare baby feet. All he said was, folks, my name is Outlaw Pete. I'm Outlaw Pete. I'm Outlaw Pete. Can you hear me? At 25, a Mustang born a heated steel. And it Father Jesus, I'm an outlaw, a killer, and a thief. And I slowed down only to sow my grief. I'm outlaw, Pete. I'm outlaw, Pete. Can you hear me? Because Okay, so Outlaw Pete. This song goes on for eight minutes. Yeah. It's about a bank robbing baby in diapers. It is? Yes. It's about a baby? It's about a baby. They put out a um, graphic novel in coordination with it, uh, with artwork by Frank Caruso. Uh, about this little baby. You can see the cover here if you... Well, maybe you just click on Outlaw Pete yourself. You can uh, <laughs> instead of look it over my shoulder. <laughs> um, it's uh, here's the other. It is about a baby. Yeah. Wait, so is it a children's book? I don't know. Um, here's the other interesting bit of trivia about this. Uh, Kiss fans, fans of the band Kiss, uh, immediately probably figured it out when we started playing that song. Um, it is the uh, melody of uh, I Was Made for Loving You. Uh, really? I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. Okay. Um, Kiss uh, is quoted, Gene Simmons is quoted as saying, there are some people we sue. We've sued a lot of people and made a lot of money. Bruce Springsteen, we don't sue because we think he's cool. Okay. Well, all right. Sure. But it is just that over and over for eight minutes that I was made for loving you, baby. Uh, over and over and over for eight minutes. Um, what do we think of Outlaw Pete? Um, you know, it's it's really weird that it opens the album. When the first time I heard it, I was kind of like, "Oh, interesting." Yeah, me too. When it I when was it, like, "Oh, that's a that's a swing." Same, but it's like it's not like about Jesse James or it's Outlaw Pete. Who, yeah, who's, who's a baby? Who's a baby? I, it's, which I it's, wasn't aware. I just thought it yeah. was super specific and not. It didn't 
feel like it was really about anything. Yeah, I don't sense him having any, like, uh, they call it like a meditation on sin, fate, and free will and stuff like that. But I, I don't know that it's really about anything. I, you know, we talked about it before this album isn't really cohesive thematically. I'm not quite sure what he's saying with it. Like, I think each individual song is its own thing about its own thing and also has its own sound. Yeah. And so none of it is like an album. It doesn't stick together. But um, but that was Outlaw Pete. So that that happens for eight minutes. And then um, then we go to track two. This is called My Lucky Day. This is by Bruce Springsteen. Lucky day, Adam. I love this song. I would say this is the best song on the record. Me too. It's as far as as far as I'm concerned, it's an SCC. Really? I love it. As far as I'm concerned, it's like a it's B plus Springsteen, but okay. it's but it's uh, but it's good. I like this is definitely where I kind of yeah. go like, okay, I've forgiven you, Outlaw Pete. Yeah. Now we're back. Anyone anyone can start an album. Like you know, it's like the first five minutes of any movie. You, yeah. you give it a grace period where it's like, I don't care if this is credits. I don't care if it's boring. You know, like who needs a movie to start just like, boom, drop you into something, you you know? Well, I this sounds like, Lucky Day sounds like a second song, like a really great second yeah. song. I just think the opening song, there's other choices on this album that would have worked so much better. Outlaw Pete should be like the Maybe ninth last. song. Or, the, or, the, yeah. or not on the record. Or not. <laughs> um, okay, but My Lucky Day... We're giving that a thumbs up. Yeah. Um, now we go to track three. Um, by the way, My Lucky Day was the second single um, from the album. And I saw it was just a week, released just a week after the first single. That is true. Yes. And this is, a, this is a couple months before the album comes out. I think that, honestly, this is like when the internet is. Yeah you know, and blogs and stuff like that and people's attentions. It wasn't like new Bruce Springsteen. We're going to focus on this for three months. It yeah. was like, okay, this comes out one week and we need to follow it up immediately. Yeah. So people don't, so people know this is happening. Yeah. I also don't know whether anyone took to the first single working right. on a dream, but um, we're going to hear it. This is the first single. This is working on a dream. This is by Bruce Springsteen. Good. 
Working on a dream, Adam. I like this song a lot. I think it's uh, good. Yeah. Um, the quotes I was talking about, about what he has to say about it, he says that, um, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit and then I'll quote, but um, he writes a lot of songs about the possibility of things happening, mm-hmm. of what he thinks could happen what he hopes would be real um and then he says i don't see that often a lot of what i see is the opposite less economic justice democracy eroded and then suddenly election night suddenly the place you've been singing about all these years it shows its face you looked at the crowds you saw people crying people who lived and worked in the civil rights era and you completely understood it's real it's not just something i dreamed up it can exist this was played at the inauguration. That was the other part of why they said he was going to be so busy, by the way, as he was doing the inauguration. Uh, so this was just going to be a super packed, jam-packed couple of months for him. So he played this song at the actual inauguration? I believe so, wow. yeah. And he also played it in the Super Bowl. This is the one new song he played in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. It's kind of where everything in the Super Bowl sort of slows down a little. Yeah, with like, this new kind of... Mid tempo fine song, yeah, not incredible, but very good, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I've always like genuinely liked it, yeah. Me too. I can't say that I like really, it's it would be in my top Springsteen song, right? Not like Queen of the Supermarket. Oh boy, here we go. This is Queen of the Supermarket by Bruce Springsteen. song is apparently was inspired by uh, like a new whole foods opened up in his neighborhood and he he went to it and thought it was big and shiny and was kind of like started imagining like what i don't know why but he was like what what do they want us to do here they want us to have sex on the floor (laughs) is one of his quotes (laughs) um and I think it's you know he's wait he, what do you mean that's one of his quotes he he's he's in in talking about his writing process about this he 
he went to let me let me find the actual quote so i can uh say exactly do people want to shop in this store or do they just want to screw on the floor what because there's someone so attractive working there is that or b- because it's there's a sensual subtext to the store's endless gleaming bounty is what he says yeah i don't know what what he's talking about <laughs> and nor do i get this song <laughs> i mean it's i i always viewed it as like even though you're in a relationship you see someone that you're you know you're never even going to talk to but you start imagining like oh wow if we ever did talk what would life be like right and that's sort of what it is is yeah, just maybe him don't write a song and put it out publicly <laughs> Oh boy. All right. This is What do you think of that song? I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> this is track Oh, by the way, he has a really weird F bomb in it where he's like, the whole fucking world really? just Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember that. Cute. You never make it that far? I'm sure I did, but I don't Um all right. This is uh, track five. This is what love can do. By Bruce Springsteen. What Love Can Do. Pretty short song, so I'm fading it out. Um, what do you think, Adam? I like the. I think it's I think fine. it's good. It's yeah. like mid-tier Springsteen. Yeah. What, I like the kind of momentum of it. It's yeah. a cool sound. It, uh, there's incredible momentum. Like, they finished. They actually finished the song. Whoa. They get all the way to the end. That's a lot of momentum. One interesting part about the production that I was reading is... Brendan O'Brien really liked Springsteen's first vocal take. Usually, uh-huh. like, you'd throw that one away. He really liked that, so he decided to use it, but that meant he was stuck with the really loud acoustic guitar that Bruce was playing uh-huh. along with it. Um, but I, I like hearing the acoustic Me guitar. Me too. I think it sounds cool. Um, so good, but, you know, n- you know, not what I would call, like... So far... Nothing really except maybe Lucky Days at the level yeah, of what pre- Magic consistently yes, was doing. Exactly. And and my Lucky Day, I feel like if it was on Magic, I would be like Stone Cold Classic. Yeah. But because it's on this, I'm a little like yeah. iffy. Okay. Um, this is track uh, six. This is This Life. Bruce Springsteen is the artist on this.
This Life, Adam. Kind of veering into uh, Burt Bacharach yeah, territory. It's like very Beach Boys at first. Very Beach it, Boys. Yeah. He says it uses chords that the E Street Band has never used before. Hmm. I don't know if that's... I like it. It's it, it, it is, it's it's like 70s AM radio. It's it's Honestly, this is a lot like, I think, a, an album that's coming up, Western Stars, in uh-huh. a way, where it's trying to do sort of like, like Glenn Campbell-y yeah. type stuff. Um... On a on a different album, maybe you're like, oh, that's a cool change of pace. On this, it's like, what are we listening to? I could even see the melody fitting in on Magic somewhere. The, the production's kind of different and weird and uh, cool, but uh, yeah. But on an know. album where they haven't really locked into a groove, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like strange. Yeah, but I, I I like it. All right, this is um, the next track. This is track seven. This is Good Eye. Um, this is by Bruce Springsteen. Good eye. Good eye, Brucey. Good eye, Brucey. Um, this was, I guess, on his solo tours. He was running his, uh, occasionally he would sing songs where his uh, vocal mic was running through his harmonica amp or something. Mm-hmm. It had that distorted effect, so he decided to record one like it um, for this record. Um, I, I'm realizing every song sounds like a B-side to me. Yeah, like a really good B-side. Where it's like, oh, that wouldn't fit on an album. Well, yeah. let's put it on, uh, on as a B-side. But he has albums like that that are like, like the next, like High Hopes is kind of like that. Or not the next one. Not the one. next one. Yeah, High Hopes is a bunch of B-sides that they After, tried that to they re-recorded, album, right? Yeah, tried to make an album. This is That's what this kind of feels like. It also feels like leftovers from a great album. Yeah, where it's it like, kind oh, of is, sort of. I don't, I know, because he, this was all recorded after that. Huh. Yeah, it just kind of all feels like, um, oh, this is something weird I'll try. Yeah, this is cool. And it is cool. It's cool but it's, song by song, yeah. It's not really. All right, this is uh, the next track. This is Tomorrow Never Knows by Bruce Springsteen. You and me, we've been standing here 
lot of strings. Tomorrow never knows. I like it a lot. It, it does sound like it would fit well on Western Stars. Yeah. Again. It's kind of Dylan-ish yeah. uh, in a way. It's, it's also but it's that AM radio, like yeah. string section, gloopy strings. Uh, uh, but I like I like it. Yeah. It's fine. Uh it's also shares a title with a very famous Beatles song. Yeah, that I, I I've told this story maybe even on this program before, but I remember a friend of mine um, had his brother's demo and was like, "Here, check out my brother's demo," and he showed it to me, and I I said, "Oh wow, they do a cover of Eight Days a Week." He goes, "No, that's an original." <laughs> I was like, you can't. You that is such a famous title yeah. that is not used in any other. And they came up with that. Yeah, it was Ringo was just like, it was a saying that he came up with like, oh, it feels like I've been working eight days a week. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Tomorrow Never Knows. I don't know. It's not as famous as eight days a week or like Octopus's Garden or what have you. But it's, I don't know that you can call your song Tomorrow Never Knows. Or even the sentiment within it. Right. Is like, it's already, you know, well-trod territory a little bit. Okay. This is the next track. It's Life Itself by Bruce Springsteen. not my favorite features uh some backward solos from Nils okay Nils Lofgren is amazing but I'll take his word for it uh what do you think of life itself it kind of reminds me of like one of the like maybe that song that's mid magic which we all kind of go like all right mm-hmm. I mean it's a breather it's yeah. an opportunity to take a breather it's definitely song number nine yeah um All right, let's go to song number 10, Kingdom of Days by Bruce Springsteen.
Kingdom of Days. You know, I feel like this album is almost like it, it's another kind of Jimmy Webbish, yeah, seventies, uh, yeah, Payon. Yeah, and yeah. I really like it. it. It's, but it's, it's weird. There's like a it's, few of these on this album now that yes. you, because when you. I guess I wasn't really putting my finger on it, but that's really what a lot of these songs are. And I, I really like this one. I think that's a good one. Yeah, it's just weird to 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 have it be on what's marketed as a rock album. Uh, I guess so. Or, or when none of the other songs are like this as well. Yeah. Like, like I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Western Stars on a future app, I think, but when the whole album is that it's like, Oh, this yeah. makes sense. You know, yeah. it's just a little weird. The strings, by the way, get really ornate and syrupy as it goes, yeah. as the song goes on, which is not, it's not, it's never, but, but I like that style of, you know, Jimmy Webb type stuff. Um, just weird to have then, you know, having queen of the supermarket and then good eye and songs like that in between them. Um, okay. This is track 11. This is surprise, surprise. Which is what I said to my wife when we had a birthday party for her. This you is said by Bruce Weiss. <laughs> yep. Surprise, 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 as Gomer Pyle used to say. Ah, oh, love Gomer. I loved when I was homesick as a child and nothing. there was nothing on television except fucking Gomer Pyle and stuff like that. Loved it. Good shit. Um, I like this song a lot. I think it's good. Yeah. I think it would it would fit on a magic type record or whatever yeah it and like lucky day are kind of of a similar poppy fun yeah but it's it, yeah it's interesting it's interesting how he's sort of zeroing in on this 70s pop kind of thing yeah but it's almost uh it's half-assed a little yeah, bit it yeah it hasn't quite formed yeah but that's a i really like that song um i'm getting a uh message from one of our fans here oh. uh, who wants us to call him um so oh you really are just calling me yeah hey it, i i uh <laughs> i hear that uh uh one of our fans wants to talk to us on uh you spring and springsteen on my bean uh can can you uh uh mystery caller can you hear uh my co-host adam here hey mystery caller i can hear i can hear adam scott okay great um now uh adam doesn't know who you are 
but oh this is good is this edgar oh he does know it who is. You are. hey man oh that was that didn't last very long did <laughs> no it? i mean i was gonna give him clues and everything oh well um, what were the clues <laughs> yeah i'm curious <laughs> uh this guy's nice <laughs> um, um hey edgar i know you're is this an episode of i like film <laughs> i think i think okay we've never okay. done that show before but okay sure Hey, everyone. Welcome to I Like Film. This is Scott. And this is Scott. We have a very special guest here. Uh, he's made films, and we've liked some of them. Please welcome Edgar Wright. <laughs> some are. Not proud. Hey, this is an episode of I Like Films. This isn't an episode of I Love when All Your Films. When I say I like film, I, 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 I like one film. <laughs> we, could, we, could, we could easily have Edgar on an episode of I Love Films. Yeah, we could have Edgar on an episode of I Love All of His Films. But this, unfortunately, is I Like Films. As dictated by Edgar himself. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, uh, it's it's a caveman talking about the one film that he loves. <laughs> I like film. <laughs> Edgar, you um, you're a fan of you Spring and Springsteen on my bean. You listen to it, and you 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 once <laughs> I, I do. You once told me that you had a story about Bruce Springsteen, and if you were ever on the show, you wanted to tell it. What? Well, I'm I'm glad you're calling me about this. I don't feel like I know enough about. Um, uh, the boss, <laughs> the boss. Um, I, I don't feel I know enough your, about him to be in your posh accent. Oh, I love, I love hearing the boss. <laughs> uh, I'd like to, I'd like to point out, I'm a comprehensive kid, not a posho. But oh, thank okay. you. Okay. All, all British people sound slightly posh, I guess. I have no idea what you're saying. Lo, right lo, lower middle class. Oh, okay. Lower. <laughs> oh, okay. Lower middle class. Okay. And by the way, you say it class. Middle, middle class. So already. <laughs> middle class. Middle class. Middle class. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, yeah, I do have a Springsteen story because it's one of those occasions where I thought this joke will never happen ever again, and I was just glad that I made it. So the only time I'd been in the room with Bruce Springsteen was at the 2019 uh, premiere of The Irishman in London at the London Film Festival, which was at the uh, Odeon Leicester Square, and... Uh, Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino were in attendance and uh, I'd been invited and I was allowed to go to there was a little green room before the film and the thing is, you know, there are three titans on the red carpet Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino and uh, so when I went into the green room, I wasn't expecting to see Bruce Springsteen standing in the corner and it was one of those moments where you're in the in the green room with somebody and they're the only other person in there and you do both do that thing when you look at each other and go, hi. <laughs> he did that. Just the look, you know, we just gave each other the look as if to say, he doesn't know who I am, but I obviously knows who he is, and he gives me that high look back. Anyway, this is not the story. So I'm just like, wow, Bruce Springsteen's here. But I don't feel emboldened enough to go up and talk to him. Um, what would I open with? Uh, so I, I just don't. I've, I've been in that situation before where I've met like a rock legend and been so stumped. Uh, how uh, how to like explain who you are like oh no, well, well, you could just like you could say hey excuse me do you like film <laughs> <laughs> which by the way reminds do me we're, like st film? we're still in an episode of that so we got to yeah. leave bye bye
Okay, now we're back to you springing Springsteen on my beat. Okay, right. So uh, we're getting to the, we're getting to the story. The 2019 premiere of The Irishman out in Leicester Square. Bruce Springsteen is in attendance. I've already sort of awkwardly made eye contact with him in, in the green room. But then we go into the actual screening, and me and my friends are sitting a couple of rows back from Bruce Springsteen in the balcony. And I nudge my friend, and I point at the back of Bruce Springsteen's head and go, that's Bruce Springsteen. And uh, a couple of seconds later, this old couple, old British couple, uh, sort of um, coming down the aisle. It's already very full by this point. And the lady of the couple goes up to Bruce Springsteen and says, excuse me, I, I think you're in my seat. And Bruce Springsteen uh, looks at the number on the seat and obviously says, oh, I'm sorry, and moves one over to the seat he should have been in. So, uh, and then I nudge my friend and I say, she just told him who's boss. <laughs> Which, when else are you ever going to get to say that joke? I, don't, I, I can't think of any other situation. Wow. I really. That was the, that was the story. <laughs> I, I really wish, I, I really wish that the woman who told him um, that, that he was sitting in her seat was, uh, what's her name from Who's the Boss? Oh, yeah. Alyssa Milano or uh, <laughs> either, either Alyssa Milano or Judith Light. Yeah, one of those two. <laughs> or Catherine Hellman. Sure, why not? Any of those three. Or Tony Danza. <laughs> well, Edgar, that's a phenomenal story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and It was worth me calling in, right? 100%. And, and we know that Bruce is listening, and he's a fan. Oh, so, really? So next time that you see him, you can easily just go up to him and oh, hey, yeah. say, like, hey, I, I've been a guest on not only I Like Films... <laughs> <laughs> but also you spring and Springsteen on my bean and he'll know what you're talking about. Ah, uh, are you, are you, what album are you on now? We're doing working on a dream oh, right now and, and we're just looking for any excuse not to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys have really been str stringing out the preamble on this series. I think it's quite heroic. You think so? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you, know, you mean an hour and a half <laughs> I mean, qualifies as Yeah, maybe out. like 90 minutes before you get to the album. <laughs> Most of the pre and I mean, I think all of the preambles on the episodes are longer than the entire album. One hundred percent. By the time we get to the album, it's like we got to get out of here. But I mean, people love the preamble. The preamble is the show, right? I don't know. Yeah, but who okay. Knows? <laughs> sure. I, I guess whether they like it or not, that's true. <laughs> um, Edgar, uh, we got to go. But thank you so much for calling in. Always a pleasure to hear from our fans. <laughs> well, you know, as you know, I'm a noted Bruce Springsteen fan and aficionado. <laughs> sure. Clearly. Uh, but uh, next time, come on and talk about one of his albums. I, 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 I listen, I listen to your uh, show to learn. Oh. So, you know, I haven't I haven't heard every Bruce Springsteen album, but I, I do enjoy the rundowns. And I, I, I like it when I like it when you just uh, sort of like uh get very affectionate about them and uh, it's it's very when it gets sincere it's very sweet oh well, i know you, you so joke much. around a lot but it's i know this is it's christmas it's that time of year so i'm just uh, complimenting thank when you, you get, yeah. get i like when you do your little playlist and you sort of you you agree on things it's very sweet well it's almost stocking day it is the holiday so That's right. we, we appreciate that um uh edgar i'm being very sincere when i say thank you so much <laughs> for calling us. All right. Bye. Thanks.
Thanks, Edgar. Oh, wow. A star-studded afternoon. <laughs> All right, we still have two songs to get to. Okay. Uh, let's hear the... This is the last song on the album proper. Um, this is a song called The Last Carnival by Bruce Springsteen. It has a slow fade up. This is the sequel to Wild Billy's Circus Story that Danny Federici played on. Hmm. And this is kind of a tribute to him. Carnival, Adam. It's really pretty. I think this is a good last track. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it's from a completely different album than yes. everything that's come before. By a different guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, but I think it's a beautiful song. Yeah. Great guitar uh, parts and a lovely melody Just and a, a nice kick and licks in there. Kick and licks. Um... Edgar, by the way, is written to say the one film he likes is Jodie Foster and Nell. <laughs> okay, thanks, <All> right. Edgar. <laughs> I'm going to tap ha-ha on that just so he gets some closure sure. on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so there is a bonus track. Um, See, on Wikipedia, it's listed as a bonus track. On Apple Music, not so much. Yeah, it's... It's crazy you what hate they it do when with... I mention Apple Music. Yeah. Well, you're, I know you're on Apple TV Plus, and so you're contractually obligated That's right. to say Apple Music at least five times a day. Apple Music, Apple Music. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the song that he wrote for the Mickey Rourke film, The Wrestler, and this is the titular The Wrestler by Bruce Springsteen. trick pony in fields so happy and free 
If you've ever seen a one-trick pony, then you've seen me. Have you ever seen a one-legged dog making his way down the street? If you've ever seen a one-legged dog, then you've seen me. Then you've seen me. I come and stand at every door. And you've seen me. Less than I had before And you've seen me But I can make you smile When the blood it hits the floor Tell me friend Can you ask for anything more Tell me can you ask for anything more The Wrestler, Adam Did you see The Wrestler? Starring Todd Berry I did I loved it I loved Todd's work in it. <laughs> he was um, great uh, as the star of that movie. Uh, I I like this in the in the movie. I like Me too. It. Yeah, it's a good song. I think it's a good song. Um, again, sounds like a different guy than than. Everything. Doesn't really fit with this album, but yeah, I probably guess it's not, not really. Part it's of a the bo- album. yeah, it's a bonus track. Um, there is one other track that I want to play that was supposed to be on the record and was in fact listed as on the record for a long time and then ended up not being on the record and then he just put it out on his website for free around Halloween Um, this is A Night with the Jersey Devil by Bruce Springsteen Yeah, that really? That's yeah. Bruce Springsteen. It was it was listed on uh, uh, like in the preliminary track. So he listings. was even more all over the place with this album yeah. before he took it off. He 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 must have thought like this is too much or something. But it's about the Jersey Devil, the uh, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. What do you call that when it's uh, like a the Loch urban Pist- legend? Yeah, there's a more specific word for it that I can't recall. Bullshit. <laughs> um, crypto cryptids? No. Everyone's screaming at their podcast. I'm smarter than you. I know it. So it's a weird album. It's a cryptid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What do we think, Adam? About working on a dream. I think it's a weird album. I think there's a bunch of really good stuff on it. But I feel like, you know, it's cool that there's another Bruce Springsteen album, but maybe he needed to marinate a little longer to come up with a more cohesive thing. I feel like he gets there with the next album. We'll hold our thoughts till then, but yeah, I feel like it's, um, I feel God, I had a thought on it. What was my thought, Adam? Um, it definitely just feels like it's, it's all over the place. Um, more of a B sides records, I I think that this is maybe one of the most severe drop-offs in quality uh, album to album between albums that maybe we've ever covered on this show. (laughs) Um, Like I was trying to think about U2 didn't have this severe of a drop-off from like, oh man, classic to what the fuck is this? R.E.M. didn't, right? It just... Yeah, you know it. It really. I mean, you can say like, "Oh, I maybe don't care for the Bill Berry albums or whatever," yeah, but it yeah. wasn't like it was a severe like, "What the fuck yeah. is this?" 
this is one of the ones where I'm just like, oh my God, magic is so good and this is yeah. so disappointing in a way. But, well, it so. doesn't surprise me to hear that the producer was kind of half in yeah, and not really feeling it. It just, it feels like tentative and not completely. It, it feels a little like if I were producing it, I would be like, Bruce, you're not getting out of this studio until I give you a spanking <laughs> because right. of all these demos. No, it, it does feel like he probably want, wanted to say like, hey, let's work on this a little bit more and maybe come up with more songs and stuff. And Bruce was just like, no, go fuck yourself. I'm going to take a shit. <laughs> I'm going to take a shit. <laughs> Remember, that's what he, at oh, the end yeah. of uh, his concerts, we oh, talked yeah. about that last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, well, Next week, we are going to be talking about his... Uh, we're not going to be doing The Promise, uh, which we both love, but we're just running out of time before Adam has to get his little tush back to New York. So we're going to skip over The Promise if you were trying, if you do your homework along with this and listen to the records before we do. We're going to be doing Wrecking Ball next week. Um, and that's going to do it for us for this episode. Adam, always a pleasure to hang out with you. You too, bro. Uh, we will see you next week. But until then, we hope that you have found what you're looking for. Mm, bye. Thank you.